Welcome back, junkies from across the land of funk. To yet another episode of the G-Funk Junkies podcast. Today, your boy Wise is riding solo. We had originally planned to bring you a joint episode with our good homies, the Those Junkies podcast. But, as misfortune would have it, that audio file was lost in the vastness of the internet. So, ni modo pues, ahí les va. As a result, I'm bringing you junkies a quick fix to make up for this tragedy, but this is gonna be a short one. Damn. Without further ado, let me share a little gem from Santana, Cuba to everyone in Orange County. Back in 1995, Bill Walker and the folks at Thump Records hit us with something out of left field. I am referring to this long forgotten gem by D Lyrical and the essay mob titled Hoodlum Town. Quick fact about this EP. It was engineered, mixed, and produced by none other than the incredible Chris Gunn. CG, drop that beat, homie. If you follow the underground scene, then you know Chris Gunn is best known as the premier beatsmith for Night Owl. More on what led to this partnership later on in this episode. Before I jump into my thoughts and opinions, I want to say rest in peace to D-Lyrical from Alley Boy Santana. This podcast is meant to be pro-brown and profound, all the while shining light on the underground scene and the contributions by Chicanos far and wide. Furthermore, the G-Funk junkies want to pay homage to those no longer here with us, but who contributed to molding and shaping this genre because we know damn well the mainstream won't so much as acknowledge our contributions to this game. I don't recall the first time I came across this group, if it was from the Riding Hard, the Lowrider Sound compilation, or some other Thump Records soundtrack, but the first track I heard was Tales from the Blind Side, but something intrigued me about the group. So I went on a quest and hunted down the EP, and in 2016 I found it on Amazon for more than I wanted to purchase it for, but alas, it was the last copy for sale, and I said fuck it, and copped it for 50 bucks. In retrospect, it was a steal, seeing as now it's selling for over 400 bucks, or around 400 bucks on Discogs. Yeah, fuck price gougers, by the way. Fuck em, fuck em. Moving on to the cover, you can see D Lyrical posted up in front of what looks to be a 1954 Chevy Del Rey Coupe Lowrider. And inside the booklet, there's a shout out to Tony A, aka the Wizard from Wilmas. With the legendary Tony A. The motherfucking wizard. On the back side, you can see a picture of D Lyrical cruising while staring off into the distance. As we proceed to track one, the intro, aka the journey. Normally, I'm not big on intros. In fact, I find them to be a waste of time and space on a record, but this is aptly titled The Journey. The journey you're about to experience is, of course, the SAM. It sets the tone for the sonic experience of this project as the audio clip from Menace to Society segues into the second track. Now for you cinephiles out there, you can catch this line at about 30 minutes and 56 seconds into the Blu-ray version of the movie. Track 2, Tales from the Blind Side. Gotta give it to Chris Gunn for slapping a jam-packed instrumental. What I find really interesting is this unorthodox approach to rapping that D-Lyrical hits the listener with. Let's roll the clip. Yeah. 
The second thing that caught my attention is the inclusion at about 2 minutes and 20 seconds where he incorporates an incident that shocked the nation. Listen. Now, if you're not familiar with it, I'll summarize it for you. 38 New Yorkers ignored the screams of Kitty Genovese who was stabbed, raped, and attacked in March of 1964 as she was walking home alone. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Her name was Kitty Genovese, a woman whose murder became infamous the world over because nobody tried to save her. Listen to how it was reported. At least 38 residents of this apartment building heard her screams and did nothing. That's the legacy of Kitty Genovese, who was murdered in Queens, New York in 1964. It happened here. Kitty Genovese was almost home when she heard a man's footsteps behind her. She ran, but the man cut up to her and stabbed her twice in the back. She screamed, oh God, I've been stabbed. As a killer drew a knife and began to slice, took her life. It was past 3 a.m. Thinking the trouble was over, people went back to bed. They were unaware that a wounded Kitty Genovese was still in mortal danger. Kitty sought shelter in here. She was able to get into this door. That's when Mosley returned and raped and stabbed Kitty to death in this vestibule. According to Cook, a man at the top of the stairs saw it happen, but did nothing to stop it. They just sit back and watch the lethal Thirty-seven who saw murder didn't call the police. Enough, no witnesses, just a lot of listeners. It's the post-Kitty Genovese era. No one wants to look, they think they'll get involved. As for Kitty Genovese, she will always be remembered for what people didn't do to help. The phrase that came out of this was, uh, I didn't want to get involved. I was really enthralled with his social commentary more than anything, especially with his comments about not having representation in futuristic films like Star Wars or Star Trek. I mean, he was tackling lack of representation in the media before it was popular. Interestingly enough, recent Star Wars films have used Mayan temples from Guatemala and have also included Mexican actor Diego Luna as well as other Latino actors. Adding more on social commentary, he brings up barrio warfare and poses a good question. I can't say I'm big on the chorus, the instrumental ain't bad, but it's it's just not my favorite from the EP.
However, the story format is dope. His struggles to uh, do the right thing for fear of society turning on him for killing a rapist is kind of an interesting concept. While it's not my favorite song, it seems to be the one that's more widely circulated and known. Not only is it found on this EP, but you can also catch it on two other compilations, at least two that I'm aware of. But you can also hear it playing in the background of Night Owl's Who Do You Think You're Fucking With? Now the reason for this is due to Night Owl dissing D-Lyrical over a feud that Chris Gunn and D-Lyrical had. A source close to Chris Gunn told me he was owed some fedia for producing Hoodlum Town. Another source close to D-Lyrical told me that he was locked up shortly after the release of the EP and that someone else was collecting the checks from Thump. Playing with my money is like playing with my emotions. He and Chris Gunn had a fallout, but no specifics were mentioned. That same source believes it was Chris Gunn who convinced Night Out to diss D-Lyrical. For the record, I just want to say that we'll never know for certain what the exact reason was for the fallout. It's all speculation at this point, but I do want to keep this as respectful as possible to the memory of D-Lyrical. I don't wish to offend the deceased. So rest in peace, homie. And you say rest in peace, homie. Track 3, To Know The Hood. Man, the first time I heard of this, I was hooked on the drums and kicks. Then that awesome synthesizer that commences the song was a nice touch too. Along with that thick bass humming on the speaker with the audio and the background vocals yelling. That shit's dope. If you're a G-Funk junkie, then you know that's from NWA's Compton's in the house. One of D-Lyrical's more unique attributes is how he stresses his vocals, adding a melodic tone to his rhyme, sometimes even singing. The instrumental alone can carry this track, but it's the theme and lyrical concept that drives us home. There's a young cat named Poetic who has some bars that stand out, such as... And the views of the upper classes, apathy towards Mexican communities is more social commentary about the street life. I mean, what can I say? This jam is relatable no matter what city or town you grew up in. We all come from poverty-stricken communities. Track number four, Hoodlum Town. Doubling down on the synth, Chris Gunn gets more cynical and dark on the keyboards. I like how at 25 seconds, it contains a sample of Run DMC's Here We Go, where they say, oh, yeah. 
Another attribute from the lyrical is his arrangement of words. Check it out. Continuing the trend of bashing Lighter Shade of Brown in the same manner as Norwalk's Most Wanted, Brownside, and Proper Those, the Lyrical and the Essay Mob take their shots at them as well. However, this one's a little bit more personal, very similar to uh, Cali Lifestyle situation. The Lyrical claims Lighter Shade of Brown stole tracks from him and even warns Rob, aka ODM, to stay away from Orange County. When I asked the source close to D Lyrical about this, I was told that ODM was originally from Santana before moving to the Inland Empire. Accordingly, he hung out in a neighborhood called Golden West Street, which is an old barrio from Santana. Whether he was from there is unknown. Now, the beef originates from Cliff Ritchie taking D Lyrical's idea for a concept track and then having Lighter Shade of Brown put it out. What track this was remains unclear. Still, the composition of this tune is pure fire. Chris Gunn's production was top notch. Even though this is an underground release, it definitely had production vibes from the mainstream. Moving on to the last track, K9. Before I get deeper into this track, let me just say that I love this track for its sample. Before I get deeper into this jam, let me just say that I love this track for its sample. And if it sounds familiar, it's because this has been used hella times from Brownside to South Central Cartel, and even as a spoof by Little Half Dead. The original sample comes from LL Cool J's Smokin' Dopin'. And on this track, the lyrical touches on the subject of people conflating OC's ghettos with wealthy neighborhoods, and how people overlook the fact that you're bound to be deceived by the preconceived notions of the 714. To summarize my thoughts, I really like this EP. Despite how short it is, I was left wanting more. Chris Gunn's production is quality all around. Though D Lyrical's delivery is unorthodox at times, often singing along his raps before Drake made it popular, I think has a great microphone presence. I'll say it again, less is more, and I love EPs that are jam-packed with quality as opposed to lengthy album stuff with fillers and skits. I highly recommend it if you can get a hold of it. Not sure if D Lyrical and the SA Mob were the first rappers out of Orange County, but I wish more would have followed in their footsteps. Sometime later in the decade, I know he formed another group under the name Stainless Steel. You can find those songs on Mr. Vic's YouTube channel if you uh, care to listen to them. Before I wrap it up, I want to give a few fuels. What's up to my homie Six, the Those Chunkies podcast. Shout out to Vic out in Santana. Let me give a shout out to Mr. Vic over Santana. What's up to my boy Cultura714, aka Colt714. Fuel to the whole OC. 
Can't forget my primo out in Santana. Shout out to everyone listening overseas and abroad. I appreciate you all. With that said, just chill to the next episode. Boom.